0: Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
1: The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world.
2: We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets...
3: In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started the Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to the Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: This is the Lombardi Live with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on vSend.
5: Lombardi Line, it's Monday, the 26th, the day after Christmas. They call it Boxing Day in Britain, Michael Lombardi. Boxing Day is going to say say hi. Yeah, Boxing Day. It's got soccer. English Premier League is back. I know you're excited. Soccer is back. So the world is right. Oh, I love
4: that. Yeah, I'll get soccer. playing today? of
5: course. (laughs) Nice to see Michael. I hope you had a great Christmas. This is the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. It's VSIN, the sports betting network. We're gonna start there. But did you have a nice Christmas with the family? I mean, literally, Wonderful. yeah. We're now seeing that people are dying from this weather, so I, it's it started to get serious, right, with this cold yeah. and up in Buffalo, yeah. the terrible scene up there. So hopefully, you had an okay one where you could stay inside. Oh, it was and stay beautiful.
4: Warm. It was cold but nice, and it was always good to be around family and friends and and enjoy it and just to kind of take in and feel how grateful we are as a family you know to have so many great things around five great healthy grandkids you know one guy won one guy lost but we'll get through that all you know how it goes
5: well I do believe the Panthers are going to make the postseason we'll get to them Uh coming up in just a
4: little bit you and
5: Will Hill yeah well We'll get to it. And I and I have to I owe Lions fans. My friends in Michigan were texting me nonstop because I said Dan Campbell facetiously should be fired. I don't believe Dan Campbell's <laughs> going to be fired. Okay, let's just put it that way. Uh, but let's start with the presents that Tua was handing out in Miami yesterday. Twenty-six twenty. The Packers didn't even play well. Brian Ortega, our producer, he's a big Packers guy. He said the Packers didn't play well. They come away with a 26-20 lead. They hold on to their slim playoff chances. And this was an Absolute meltdown from Tua. They closed three and a half. Miami, the total closed 49. Let's run with this.
4: Well, I I think it was a little bit of a combination of a meltdown, right? I I think, to me, there's a a, a misalignment with the Miami Dolphins. And the misalignment occurs because of Justin Herbert. The misalignment occurs because they picked Tua over Herbert, and they're obsessed with Obsessed with trying to prove that Tua is an elite quarterback, and they've got strong people backing them. I mean, Emmanuel Acho on Twitter was, you know, he's he's a big guy at his corner. You know, like they've got a lot of people that say, I, I, I'm not sure we're all watching the same game, but that's beside the point. But let's focus on what really matters. And I think this Miami Dolphin team has lost touch because of this Tua eliteness, trying to prove Tua is great. That they stop doing what they should be doing. They've only run the ball for over 100 yards five times this year. They had they were dominated, at 10 carries for 58 yards in the first half, right? And they come out in the second half and they don't even want to run the ball. They want to throw, throw, throw. They want to prove Tua's great. And what I have the biggest issue with Patrick, it isn't that Tua can't play quarterback. That's not it. My issue is Tua he has to be managed correctly. You've got to build a run game around him. You've got to make sure that he's not the focal point of the offense, that Hill is, the running backs are. You've hired Mike McDaniel to be your head coach because McDaniel is supposed to be a run game guru. And you're gashing the Packers at a clip like you can't believe at 4.6. And what people don't realize, and I said this on the podcast, the Miami Dolphins, who are 8-7 and seven now and have, were at one time 8-3, and three, They are the 32nd team in rushing attempts in the National Football League. 32nd. Mm. They run it the least amount of any team, including the Kansas City Chiefs. And so you're exposing a defense that isn't very good, and you're exposing a quarterback who's prone to not always be perfect. And to me, I think it goes back to the misalignment of understanding who the quarterback really is.
5: So this is on McDaniel as well. They're too reliant on explosive plays. I mean – over this four-game losing streak, they've had two touchdowns that didn't come off of an explosive play. You saw the two yesterday, Waddle 84, Tyreek 52. It's almost like what you said. They're trying to showcase what they have at quarterback and wide receiver, and they're getting away from the run, and the run is what they do so efficiently when they do I mean, it. They had,
4: they had 18 carries total in the game, right? You know, and they averaged 4.6, and, and they were gashing them. I mean, they were gashing them, and Every time you run the ball early in the game, you have to adjust your run game, how they start to fit the run game. So, But this is why you hired him. This is why you hired McDaniel. Like, you didn't hire McDaniel to throw it all over the yard. And so, all of a sudden, you're not playing any complimentary football whatsoever. Because let's be clear here, your defense isn't any good. You can't – you're not great enough to stop. You can get a couple negative plays, but the problem is I think what happens to Miami is they get in this situation where they know for if Tua has to be 8, 9, 12, there's going to be a breakdown like we saw on the drive. He throws the interception to Campbell, right? They were ha- They were moving the ball effectively there. Little run, little pass. They moved it. Oh, he throws an interception. Like, I'm not saying Tua is a bust. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying he's Mitchell Trubisky. I'm also not saying he's elite. I'm also not saying he had any business being in the MVP conversation. Like, I'm saying those things. I'm saying he's limited. His arm strength, his foot quick, it's limited. Is it good enough to win with? Yes. Can he win a championship? Hold on. You better be really good on defense. You better be really good, and you better be really good around them. And I think that's the issue. They're not good enough on defense, and they're not good enough, in t- and they won't commit to a run game. They just won't. I mean, they won't. I mean, I mean, the first time they ran for 100 yards all year was week five of the season. They ran for 137 against the Jets, right? Then they ran for 111 against Pittsburgh. They ran for 107. Their best run game was against Cleveland. They ran for 195. And they refused to run it. Then against Buffalo, they run for 188. And that was a good game, right? What did we say about Patua in the Buffalo game? Played really good, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Oh, he looked really good. Well, because they're running the ball a little bit. He, he didn't have to carry the team. But yesterday, oh, we're obsessed with it. I think it's as much on McDaniels than anybody. And then he doesn't even challenge the, the, the one call. Like I, I, I just think, to me, there's a misalignment with what they have at quarterback, and that's resulted in this four-game losing streak.
5: You know, that weather forecast in Buffalo, in an odd way, benefited McDaniel because they it expected did. snow and wind, so he curtailed his play calling and almost backed into a better rhythm with cold weather as opposed to pristine conditions. Let's hear from Tua after the loss.
6: On the first one, I tried to throw it over a defender, um, but I ended up really throwing over the defender and uh, Tyreek, so that one that one got got away. Um, the the second one, um, you know, I I might have said the wrong play. I'm I'm not too sure, um, but there was just some commu- communication errors on that. Um, and then the third one was. Was just not a not a good ball um, for for my my receivers to, to have been able to make a play on that. So um, you know it's it's tough. Uh, you you get an opportunity to play on a Christmas day um, against a really good team. Um, you know and uh, you, I I go out there and you know really not not putting not being able to put my best foot forward for for our team.
5: Okay, so three interceptions in the fourth quarter from Tua. Those picks led to six points. Obviously, that was the difference in the game. Question for you about Tua, and I mean this sincerely. Why is it taboo to talk about his limitations? And, and all kidding it's aside, we're not being sarcastic, but why is it taboo to have that conversation?
4: I I mean it's like the you know it's like he doesn't even make a bad throw. I mean even the touchdown pass to Tyreek Hill is like if he puts it out there to him, you know, but it 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 is this unbelievable campaign to try to make people believe that he's as good as as good as Herbert. There are some people out there that actually think he's oh, better stop than Herbert. Stop. I I know. Stop. I mean that's why we're offering a 20% discount at Pearl Vision Center for any of these people that need to go there because it's absurd. It's truly absurd and you know I think to me like all quarterbacks, maybe with the exception of Patrick Mahomes, even Herbert to a degree, you got to manage them. I mean the guy's thrown 400 passes already this year that's 30 temps, that's 30 in 13 starts and really he didn't finish the Cincinnati game but he started it so it's really more like 12 starts but that's that's over 30 throws a game. He's got to be they've got to run the ball. they've got to milk the clock they've got to help their defense out. And then those explosive plays come in handy, but they're not a great third down team. Why? Because the, it's short throws and people are defending them. I I I don't know, Patrick. It's a, it's one of the great mysteries to me is how you create this illusion of greatness. And the media campaigns along with it. It's like it's like it's like. Uh, my man uh, Tim Tebow, like, why were we paying attention to Tebow all those years? Why was the worldwide leader craving everything? I don't know. I cannot explain it.
5: Mike McDaniel, of course, first year head coach there with the Dolphins. He's now lost four straight. Here in December, he said this was uncharacteristic of Tua.
7: Yeah, it was uh, unexpected. Did not um, foresee uh, that happening. I felt strong coming out of halftime. Um, just where our guys were at. Um, I didn't foresee uh, standing up here, really, in this situation. So those, um, I know the team feels the same way. So it's, uh, you know, apparently we needed another gut check. Uh, and and we got a, um, you know, there, there was critical errors, turnovers, I mean, you, the percentages of winning games um, where you're, uh, what were we, um, minus three. Uh, you turn the ball over four times. Um, yeah, you're you're not going
5: to win the football game. Can you sift through that and pull anything from it?
4: No, I mean, I think he's, you know, again, he's not going to blame Tua. That's part of the campaign. That's how he got the job. But to me, I think he should reevaluate. I mean, we're the we had an 8-3 and record. We're 32nd in the league in rushing attempts? Like, I'm not saying run the ball. I'm not saying just run it and take two away. But I'm saying your defense is horrible. You can't stop anybody in the passing game, right? You struggle at times to stop the run. You know, you're, you're unable to really cover. So why don't we play better complementary football? And I, and I think ultimately that's been their problem all along. They put so much on. They want Tua to be great. And that's what the campaign keeps coming in.
5: The Packers' defense all year has been a letdown. The Packers' defense may have just saved Green Bay's season. We'll come back and discuss it. Playoff machinations as well. Boxing Day, Lombardi Line.
1: The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe –
0: And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: You're listening to The Lombardi Line on VCN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher.
5: BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Visit BetMGM.com or download the app. If you're in Vegas, stop by an MGM property, bring your Vegas ID, and you'll be ready to bet within minutes in person. 1-800-GAMBLER if you have an issue. 21 years or older. Again, BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. It does appear. The Packers' demise. I tried to bury the Packers the other day. It was premature. The streaking Packers, they've won three straight. They're 10 seed in the NFC. Michael Lombardi, as we welcome you back. Much alive in the postseason race. Their win over the Dolphins, they're currently one game behind the Commanders for the final playoff spot. If the Packers win out, they've got the Vikings and Lions, and the Commanders lose once, Green Bay will earn a postseason berth. They didn't play great, but they got out of Miami
4: with the win. And I don't even think they played well. I didn't. I mean, I thought defensively they were really bad. I mean, Big Daddy was texting me the whole game. He had given up on it, you know? I mean, they only made Miami punt once. Now, I know Miami turned the ball over three times in the second half. But still, I mean, you know, they were, you know, if Miami were better on third down, they are two for seven in the game. Uh, you know, that killed them. And they gave up 8.4 yards per play in the game and won. Think about that, Patrick. Think about it. You know, and so yep. if you run the ball on Green Bay, you understand how to attack them. I think you can. And I don't think this Green Bay offense is is there yet. I mean, I think they're struggling to kind of get going. You know, losing the receiver Watson yesterday hurt them. I thought Lassard had a couple bad drops in that game. You know, I-, I I thought they got a break. Miami got a huge break on the interception. I don't know how that wasn't in pass interference. Like I don't know, guy pushed them mm-hmm. right in the end zone. But you know, I don't. People say, well, the pack, you're going to fear the Packers. I-, I wouldn't fear the Packers. I Think the Packers going to have a hard time if they make Aaron the playoffs. Rogers. That's what I mean.
5: Yeah, no, 100%. They were down 20-10, to 10, uh, but they were able to claw their way back into the game thanks to the defense. Well, let's hear from the quarterback on the other side, Aaron Rodgers.
7: Definitely better than uh, three weeks ago. Four, I guess, because the bye. Mike, yeah, what do you think? Pretty good, yeah. Getting better. A lot of things happen our way. I don't think we've struggled with confidence, but... Definitely haven't had a lot of believers outside the locker room, I don't think. So maybe this will give us a couple on the bandwagon. But, I mean, we, we, uh, we've we been in a good rhythm, practice, energy, uh, cohesion, and then playing a little bit better, complimentary football. It wasn't uh, perfect, but that's a good football team, and they had a lot to play for. So it's a good win for us.
5: Season was on the line. Mason Crosby was able to hit four field goals. I think every day is an adventure if you're around Aaron Rodgers daily. You never Mm kind of know what you're going to get, but there he was talking after the game.
4: But I thought he said a great point. He said we played complementary football, which they did. You know, I mean, they were able to stay on the field on third down. They got to fourth down. They weren't great on third down. They converted fourth downs to stay on the field, you know, and they were able to, you know, the first two drives of the game, they they get 10 points. So, you know, that keeps them, that keeps, that matches the 10 points that, that Miami got. So they didn't get, they didn't, the game didn't get detached from them. Then they controlled the middle eight. You know, that fumble at the Miami 49 was huge, right? So they get that fumble, kind of an unforced error, really, actually. I mean, they, Reed stripped the ball out and he recovered it. Great play. So, You know, that that really got them going, and that turned it into it. And then they only, you know, then they were able to take advantage of the second half. I mean, they didn't punt in the second half. They throw that bad – that interception, I thought, was a bad call. They overcame some holding calls, and they were able to make yards. So, yeah, I mean, I think they're getting a little better. I I was surprised they didn't run the ball a little bit more, you know, especially earlier in the game. They weren't getting – I mean, I think at halftime, I think uh, Aaron Jones had, like, two carries. He only had six for the game. You know, I thought they would use Jones and Dillon more in the passing game, and I think they're going to have to, especially if Watson's hurt. Yeah, Jones is their leading wide receiver.
5: So, obviously, and surprised, again, like you, that he wasn't used and targeted more yesterday. But, like I said, look, the the bottom line is the Packers, they went out. They've got the Vikings and Lions, and the Commanders lose once, which is very viable. They'll be in the postseason. And I I don't – the difference is we always would say something like, if they get in, nobody wants to play them. Yeah, people would want to play the Packers.
4: It's okay. Yeah, I this don't think year. you're. They're not the same Packers. I mean, you know, Rogers is is still good. He's not the same because I don't think he. he there's a lot of mis- There's a lot of lack of trust between the teams. So I, I I would dismiss that as oh wow we can't play the Packers now. You know I mean some of these teams in the NFC they're not great right so. You know, the Giants, if they played them, you know, it depends on who you played, right? So say the Packers play the AFC, the, the NFC South winner, right? New Orleans, Tampa, or Carolina. Would you be scared of playing them? Of course not. I mean, they're not, they're not playing very good either. I mean, the, the problem with the NFC is outside of Philadelphia, San Francisco, and, of course, Kevin O'Connell is not allowed to go in any, any casino in Las Vegas because he's the luckiest man on earth. Congratulations to him. Other than those two, I mean, who do you who were you worried about in the who couldn't beat one another in the NFC?
5: No, I, right? I totally agree. Totally agree. And just to put a bow, and we're going to move on. I want to get to Denver, but to put a bow on Miami and Green Bay, Brian, our producer, points out, and I I knew that it was disparate, but I didn't realize it was this much. You know that first half for two a nine to 12, 229, one touchdown no picks seven to 13, 81 passing yards three picks in the second half all in the fourth quarter just yeah that that's the adjustment you come out with like that that is that's that's some of that has to go on coaching as well that's
4: yeah I mean they packed they started to pack I mean they started to pack the middle of the field a little bit like you you know they were able to do that and you know and they got and they and they they fumble and the next time they get the ball back they're up ten the next time they get the ball back they're down ten they're they're t- the scores tied. See, I think Miami, as much as – I don't think they understand how to play complementary football to a defense that's not very good. They at least said it yesterday on the broadcast that, that Xavier Howard isn't playing well and their other corners haven't played well. And if they don't get pressure, it's a problem. And they still blitz. Remember last year they played better defensively? A lot of that was Brian Flores because Brian Flores changed what they did. I mean, I mean they were – they were trying, like Josh Boyer, their coordinator. He wants to go zero cover, zero cover. They backed that out last year, and Flores kind of took over the team. It's why Boyer, it's why Boyer's still there, right? You know, Boyer still, He survived the onslaught of of Flores, and he's there, and he ingratiated himself within the building. But the reality, the build, the strength of that of the strength of that defense was Flores last year changing what they did. Now they're back to throwing nothing but fastballs. And if you play against a good quarterback, you're going to get beat.
5: The Denver Broncos closed a three-point favorite on the road. They got beat at the Rams 51-14. It certainly wasn't that close. It wasn't as close as the (laughs) 51-14 score indicates. Honestly, the less said about this performance probably good. Uh, Denver, if there are any questions about Hackett, I mean, 100% he's gone, completely disinterested. The team completely mailed it in. And the bigger bigger problem here is, is just Russell Wilson, it, it's not going to change. He's not the same no. player. That's the bottom line. He's
4: not the same player. And, look, you know, all we heard about before the game was how both teams are going to play hard, and both teams were listening to their coaches, and both teams were fully vested, and this is going to be a game where and, – and me as an idiot, and I take full accountability for my actions here, for taking Denver – in in the Russo poll, for me doing that, I I I was counting on Denver. They had success last week. They kind of got going. Thought Denver's strength of the team was their defense against the Rams team, that's not very good offensively. And yet they made Baker Mayfield look like he was the greatest quarterback of the day. I mean, think about it. They made Baker look like he was sensational. So if you're George Payton, you're like the this this can this is all this ended it. And I thought, for sure, Patrick, on national television, Denver would have had their finest they, they would have tried to play their best, you know, to salvage something other season, and yet they took this opportunity to play their worst. I, I don't see there's any options. Now, there's no options with Wilson, but he's a disaster.
5: And was it Dalton Risner uh, that maybe it was the, the guard there that was fighting with? And maybe Brett Rippen was coming to the defense of Wilson. We don't really know what was happening there. The bottom line is there is no control there on the sideline with the head coach. There's, there's there's no there's toughness just, on
4: their team. There's no there's nothing about their team. And then what's gotten worse is that the, 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 I mean Baker only throws four incomplete passes in the game. Think about that. Yeah, I mean, so the defense the, the defense mailed it. And, in. and Hopkins. I mean that's, I mean I I, yeah. I mean I mean there's receivers out. There. There's no who's beating you on that team. With a bad offensive line. Like, like, come on now. I mean, if you're George Payton today in your office, I mean, that this is a hard pill to swallow. I said after they lost in Carolina that I thought there was quit in Denver. And for some reason, when they came back against Kansas City, people started to feel like it, they were playing hard. I thought they would, too. I got conned into it. And it was completely a con. Let's let's squeeze Wilson in here. I want to hear from
5: Russell Wilson after the game. It's a long one, but worth it.
6: It starts with me eliminating the, error, the errors. Um, you never want to start a game that way. Um, so I, I, I let us down today. Um, but tomorrow, you know, you got to get back after it tomorrow. And um, we, can't, we can't blink an eye. We got to be able to stand tall in the midst of the storm. And that's the only way to get through it. The only way to get through tough times, trials, all of it all. Um, is to stand firm in it and know that um you know you're gonna get knocked around a little bit in in terms of uh just life you know we going through stuff in life or whatever it may be um, whether if it's life or football or whatever it is and so um all I, like i said all i know is and all and all we're gonna do is you know, we're gonna stay together we're gonna battle for the next two games and give everything we have um you know every day
5: michael the uh, spread millie lombardi put together for christmas was five star like michelin I had frozen pizza. Russell came (laughs) over and cooked it for me. That's what he's cooking.
4: He's making peanut butter jelly sandwiches right now. I mean, that's Tony. He should go on the Speakers Bureau. That's Tony Robbins' stuff right there now. TG, next. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on v featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher.
5: Holiday special continues into Boxing Day. Make sure you get it right now. Of course, vcin.com slash subscribe. $79 through March Madness. We're not going to have a better deal all year. $20 credit to the Visa online store when you sign up right now. So you get everything. You get the betting tools like the betting splits. You get the guides, Michael Lombardi exclusive articles, picks from the hosts and guests every single day emailed to you. vcin.com slash subscribe. To become a pro, it's Beeson.com slash subscribe. Okay, we're back. We've got step into my office coming up in about 15 minutes, but right now we're going to be joined by our partner there at the Borgata. He runs the race sports sportsbook here on the Lombardi line. Michael Lombardi, Patrick Maher, and now Thomas Gable joins. And a well-deserved day off for you and the family yesterday. How'd the book do without you there?
7: They did fine. They actually, we had a better day yesterday than we did on uh, Saturday when I was here. So Saturday was (laughs) a day. Saturday was a day, Patrick. Where like, if I give you a Christmas card with a fifty-dollar gift card inside, and then you give me a Christmas card with a fifty-dollar gift card inside, well, guess what? It was net net. We nobody got anything really, right? That's what happened on Saturday to us at the book. It was literally. We just exchanged money with players back and forth. So, you know, it was like, you guys win a game, we win a game. You guys win a game, we win a game. But uh, yesterday, all three games went our way. So um, it was a much better day yesterday for us than than on Saturday.
4: Yeah, what was the game that cost you the most uh, trouble on Saturday?
7: Uh, So if you go on the early games, um, the – the Panthers and the Lions—that was not a—that was not a good decision for us. Um, the uh, the Bills covering was was not either, and uh, the Chiefs covering also uh, didn't go our way. Uh, in the late slate, we needed the Cowboys, so that was that was good. But whatever we made on that game got given back uh, on the Forty ers game. Uh, and then the late game, we actually, uh, we needed the Raiders there and obviously the Steelers were able to, uh, to pull out a victory there, uh, in the, in the last minute and, uh, and send the uh, Raiders, which obviously we're just talking about, uh, survivor there, the circus survivor contest. And, um, someone was very, very close to, to winning that on Saturday night. And now he's, uh, no longer even in the contest.
5: Yeah. I wanted to reiterate this guy, Mad Dog Michael. I'm sure you heard of it. So, if the Raiders would have held on on Saturday, yeah. I and I, I, really want people to think about what I'm about to say. Like, let this conceptualize. He was going to win over six point one million dollars, and then he went to losing yesterday. So he lost a thousand. So he went from winning six point one million to being down a thousand dollars. That is, it's pretty. That's a
4: pretty wild ride. Yeah, I wonder. Did he have any other options besides what he? What? Who did he take yesterday? Did he take Miami? Believe he lost with Miami.
5: Yes. Yeah. Because he was out early. So. Yeah. I mean, his and
7: options it, would have had to been on Saturday night if he could have gotten like two million dollars together and hedged on uh, the raiders um, Steelers game. That was that was his option there.
5: Well, that's the thing is right. coming up with that chunk to be able to hedge. My thing right. was, I my assumption was once it got down to four. Thomas and Michael that they would have gotten together and chopped it, um, yeah. because you're talking over a million and a quarter a piece, right, Michael? Wouldn't you think they'd try to get a hold of each other and get a chop going there down to four? Uh,
4: unless you felt like you had a uh, had Kansas City left or something where you had an O, you know, why would you give up Kansas City in a game where you know they're going to sure. win, right? Sure. You know, I, other than that, but if you're throwing darts at the board, which a lot of us were all year in terms of who's going to win the game. I mean, remember, 80% of the league this year, the spread hasn't really been in account, which tells you why Survivor's been so hard.
5: Yeah, no, it's well put. Uh, yeah, I, I assumed you did well yesterday, TG. D- dogs 2-1 and one straight up, 3-0 and 0 ATS. Mm-hmm. Whenever we see the dogs cash like that, I think the book does well. How well did you do?
7: Uh, yeah, we, we held a pretty high percentage yesterday. And, uh, I, I mean, it's not always the case for us, uh, when dogs come in, I mean, like you said, making the generalization, I think for a lot of books that is the case, but, uh, for us, it's not always the case, but yesterday it was, uh, we had a lot of public play yesterday with it being the holiday. So, uh, tourists are in and that was a good thing. So, um, yeah, it got off to a great start with the Packers winning outright. And, uh, you know, I, I don't. I'm sure you guys have already discussed it, too, so we won't get into that too much. And then, my goodness, the the second game with how bad Russell Wilson looked. At, I mean, it's just I don't even know what you do if you're the Broncos uh, in the off season here. And you know, you've already tied yourself to him. Uh, but yeah, the Rams uh, came out, and that was a good result for us. And then, uh, even in the late game last night, obviously Tampa needed overtime to uh, to get the win. Didn't cover the seven and a half, which is where that closed. Uh, Trace McSorley was—he uh, was pretty serviceable there for for Arizona, and then uh, the Cardinals ended up getting the money in that one. So uh, all three games, we came out uh, in good shape. And NBA yesterday, we had a decent day, even though Michael Sixers uh, won and covered there against the Knicks. So it, it was. I didn't
4: watch one play. I didn't watch one play. I didn't watch I'll one play of the Michael NBA the whole day. Right I didn't watch yeah. one play of the NBA the whole day. I can't wait to find out what these ratings were. I mean, I can't the wait NBA to see. The NBA Even though that got was a horrible buried. game. Even though it was a horrible game between, you know, the Rams and the Broncos, I, I still think it's better than watching any of that that goes on, you know, so.
5: It was an NFL massacre. Uh, like, it was a Christmas NFL. I mean, NBA got absolutely buried by those three games. And it's, you know, two games, as you just mentioned, Michael, late that really – weren't great matchups, the
4: NFL just continues to
5: trounce. But you know, um, okay. the, Cardinal
4: game, the Cardinal game was a fun game. I mean, it wasn't a great, it wasn't two great teams, but it was a fun game to watch.
5: Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was entertaining. I, I, I would agree with you there, and I thought Arizona played hard. Both defenses played pretty well. Uh, tonight, you know, Michael uh, and Matt Eumanns agreed. They were both on the Colts. That was, I think, it was at four and a half. Michael, if correct me. Yeah, and now was. where are I we wasn't. sitting with this number uh, with the Colts here uh, hosting the Chargers? Chargers win and they're in. Thomas Gable. Mm-hmm.
7: Yeah. Now, now it's at four. Now it's at four. But uh, when you have sharp guys like Matt Eumanns and Michael, that's what happens when uh, when sharp guys get on four and a half, they drop it to four. So, uh, but honestly, Michael, I, here with the Colts, you know they're coming off of just that huge uh, collapse there against the Vikings, right? That's the last time we saw the Colts was uh, when they, they gave up that 33 to zero lead. At at this point, if you're the Colts, what do you really have to play for?
4: Well, I mean, you have to, you're, you're, you're playing for your job next year. You're playing for your, your ability to get a contract. You're playing for a lot of things, right? And, and so there's pride too. When you get humiliated like you did on national television, you know, you tend to have a way to bounce you you want to bounce back and, and giving up that big lead. And if Saturday wants to be the head coach of the Colts, he's gonna to have to do something here. There's no denying it. And so I just feel like this is gonna be a really an opportunity. I'm not saying they're gonna win, but I think it'll be a closer game because let's face it, the Chargers are not a great defensive team by no mean. And I just feel like this has got a chance to become where they could pull playing at home, crowded stadium. I mean, the fans are still going to be into it. And if Foles does anything in the passing game, which will be more than what Ryan could do, they have a chance against a secondary that's not very good. So I feel like it's, it's a game that the Colts, because they're playing home and they, they were embarrassed, I think it has a chance to come together. Plus, I'm not sold that the Chargers are dominant against any team they play.
7: No, I think the Chargers have looked better defensively their last couple games, Uh, but as you said, I mean, we've seen a lot uh, from this team, and uh, the defense certainly has a lot of holes in it. Uh, But the offense, I I think, is maybe what's a little bit most concerning for them. When you have Keenan Allen, Mike Williams available for Justin Herbert, I I mean, he's a different quarterback, obviously, when he has all those guys uh, available to throw to, but – they haven't really put up too many points either the last couple yep. of weeks. Um, no. So it, it's uh, – if you're a Chargers fan, and, you know, obviously they are in playoff position at this point, but they have to maintain that, uh, it's got to be a little concerning.
4: Well, they have, since the bye week, T.G., you make a great point. Since the bye week – the highest point total they had is 27 against the Chiefs. They lost that. I mean, in the last seven games, uh, they haven't been able to score. When they beat Miami, they only won. Tw- I mean, that was a dominant game. They won 23-17. That's my point. I mean, last week against the Tennessee team, they won 17-14, and it took a miracle at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. And, and Tennessee's playing with, with Tannehill on one leg. I, I just don't see it as, as – I see it as a close game, and I thought the four-and-a-half early in the week was a really good number.
5: You, did you drop the total from the opener, Thomas?
7: Yes, the total has definitely uh, dropped. The open 47 is now down to 44.5, as we sit here.
4: Mm. You know, going back to that, Thomas, the, the, the high, two highest scoring games they've had were against Houston and Cleveland. They scored 34 against Houston and 30 against Cleveland. So they're not they're, they're, they're not a dominant offensive team in terms of how many points they score. They're going to, they, they make some mistakes along the way.
5: I think you're going to have a big handle tonight. Cause it's kind of, it's still a holiday for a lot of people today is oh, a day it's... off as we oh, kind yeah. of, the day after Christmas. So I think you're going to be busy over at there, there at the Borgata with a big handle on this standalone game. Week. Yep, yeah, absolutely. Week, so. Okay. TG. And you got the EPL soccer back. So I know you're excited. Uh, keep the momentum <laughs> going there at the Borgata. We appreciate you, buddy.
7: All right. Thanks guys.
5: Okay. Next, step into my office, time for some tough talk.
1: Lombardman. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe.
2: Mexico will likely have its first female president.
1: And then you have China.
0: And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to The Lombardi Line
4: on v featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. <laughs>
5: Okay, it's BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Single first touchdown scorer prop tonight. Monday and Thursday night all through the season. Any losses, you receive up to $25 back in free bets. So again, BetMGM, the king of sportsbook, running the special every Monday and Thursday throughout the season. Single first touchdown scorer prop. If your bet loses, you're going to get up to $25 back in free bets. So it's a great deal all season long over at the king of sportsbooks. Check it out. BetMGM.com. Or download the app and take on that single first touchdown score prop. Okay, we welcome you back here on the Lombardi line. And as we do, Michael Lombardi, we do have breaking news by way of the NFL. Yeah. Uh, he has been relieved, that being Nathaniel Hackett of his job. This is feels more like doing the kid a favor at this point because yeah. it just had gotten so listless there with the Broncos. But Nathaniel Hackett is out with two games to go. Your immediate reaction?
4: Well, I think it had to happen, right? And I think that, you know, they're going to look – they were going to fire him in the off-season, so they're going to get a two-week jump on trying to get their list together. But there's bigger issues than just Nathaniel. They they made a really poor decision, and, and Nathaniel wasn't ready to be a head coach. I mean, I think we saw that pretty clearly from the beginning. And now that, you know, now that they've made this change, the person that hired him is going to go back again. So he better, George Payton, the general manager, he better reevaluate how he went through it because I could show you articles about how proud they were of their process, which led them to Nathaniel. And so if that's what led you to Nathaniel and this guy was this bad where he gets fired after, after, you know, with two games remaining in the season, 15 weeks, then you really better evaluate how you came up with it. It's not his fault. Uh, this is really what this is about. This is not Nathaniel's fault. Nathaniel wasn't ready to be a head coach. It was your fault for hiring him. It was your thought for thinking that he could do it based on an interview. It was your thought to thinking that he could finish this and build an offense. And now the bigger issue is who are you going to hire and saddle with Russell Wilson? Who's coming in to embrace the Russell Wilson? Right? Who, who are you going to get out there that says, oh, boy, I can't wait for Russell Wilson to show up? Right?
5: Wasn't going to work from the jump. 15 games, Hackett was 4-11. and 11. He becomes just the fifth coach in NFL history to be fired before the end of his first season. But you just said it. If you want to go out and get a Sean Payton, Sean Payton's going to turn you down immediately. He's not coming to coach this Russell
4: Wilson. Well, he's not coming to coach Russell Wilson. He wants to control. He wants to run his team. He wants to build his team. And you don't have any resources for him to get a quarterback. Look, we all know this. We all know that you're only as good as how your quarterback plays. I mean... And that's just fact in the National Football League. I think why Matt Rule is in Lincoln, Nebraska today is because he never solved that riddle. A lot of guys, they can't figure this out. You know, whereas Brian Dayball, why has he won eight games? He's gotten Daniel Jones to play better. Is it good enough? No. You know, is Josh McDaniel 6-9? and nine, Has he gotten Derek Carr to play at a higher level? No. no. I mean, Carr's actually not played. He played better last year. When there was kind of nothing at stake, every big game they've had an opportunity to play in, you know, Carr hasn't made the plays they need to make. So it all comes down to the quarterback. All of our job security in the National Football League is based on that. And when you hire a guy to fix the quarterback position or to evaluate the quarterback and he makes this much of a mistake, you're, you're going to have to move on.
5: You know, I started by saying the Broncos are doing Nathaniel Hackett a favor. And I, I think if you saw the performance yesterday and you see his body language, which you have discussed all year with Hackett, just didn't feel, Horrible. didn't seem comfortable, didn't seem comfortable in his own skin he, on the he, sidelines. They're helping him out.
4: He, he wasn't ready for the job. And that's the part of the job of the general manager is to be able to say, okay, yes, Nathaniel presented himself really well in an interview. Is he going to be able to handle this? Is he going to handle the pressure of having to take on this quarterback who, you know, was on the downside and build an offense around him? Is he going to lead the coaches? Is he going to demand from the players? There's nothing good in Denver right now. And 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 you know, and I think George Payton's got to take a hard look in the mirror and say, "Okay, where did I mess this up?" You know, I know I had all these five people involved in the committee of hiring Nathaniel, it led me to him. Everybody thought Dan Quinn was getting that job. This time last year, everybody thought Dan Quinn was getting that job, but Nathaniel blew him away in an interview. What does that tell you? I'm kind of a little
5: surprised, not putting down Nathaniel Hackett, but just from what we've seen from him at the podium, I'm a little surprised that that personality translated into the interview room. But but look,
4: he, go that's ahead, what happens, Patrick. That's what happens. They get these guys in the interview room, and they they answer questions, but they don't ask questions. Okay. Let me put you in this situation. How are you handling that? Let's go through your game tape and let explain how and why this occurred. Like, there's so much, hey, I think this guy's a good player. I think this guy's a good coach. It's so much relying on outside forces to really tell you if the guy's good. Interview it. You got to put the person under pressure. I mean, Al Davis would make you go to the blackboard. What are we doing here? How are you handling that? Who's coaching that? What are we, how, you know, how are we handling this situation? You know, I mean, and so if you can't answer it, but when you just go in there and present, okay, here's what we're going to do in training camp. Here's what we're going to do. In a, that's all meaningless. It's the Bob Lamont program to becoming a head coach. It gets you the job. It doesn't make you successful at the job.
5: Had a wonderful relationship with Aaron Rodgers, parlayed that into a head coaching position, seemed from the outside looking in completely overmatched in every aspect. That's it. No doubt. Like, there's no other no way doubt. to put it. And
4: now, and now they're a mess. Now they're a mess. Does the new ownership group who didn't hire George Payton does he stay? Now, Adam Schefter no. says he's without a doubt he's staying. Oh, wow. And Schefter's wired in that organization. So, you know, so I don't know. I mean, I don't know how you trust him to go back and make another call again.
5: What did Bidwill? It's like the Steve Kime approach, right? You're going to get another shot at this? You just made two horrific decisions the quarterback and the Man, head they're coach. They're the only and you're two, two get decisions that matter.
4: They're the only two That's decisions right. that matter for the general manager. You can overcome every other one. You can overcome a bad draft choice. You can overcome a blown first-round pick. You can't overcome a bad quarterback selection, nor can you overcome it. I mean, Ryan Pace did it in Chicago. He picks Trubisky, then he comes back and picks Fields. Right? That cost Nagy his job. He picked Nagy. So it's like you you have to you can't make a mistake there. And sometimes it's hard. It's really hard to find somebody who's ready to be the head coach. So you got to help them. You got to find somebody that's coachable, that's willing to help, that's willing to, that at least has some leadership qualifications to take over the team. Nathaniel never demonstrated any of that, ever. Like, if you go back, I mean, he got fired midseason in Jacksonville because the offense was underperforming. Now, you can blame it on Blake Bortles, and certainly that was probably the case. But to me, the, when they were Jacksonville had one magical run, it when he was running the offense. There was never evidence over his long career, other than when he got with Rodgers, which you can't. I mean, Lafleur Lafleur before he got to Rodgers wasn't very good.
5: Doth protests. It's all coming back to me now. Remember how you told me that the Broncos leaked their hiring process and how extensive and exhaustive it was. We should have known then that was them feeling insecure about the hire and letting people know, no, no, seriously, we really, really canvassed everything.
4: Of course they did. I mean, they were proud of it and and what they, and that because when you're searching, you don't know what you're searching for. That's the problem. You got five people in the room that are making a decision based on who should be the next coach of the team when at least four of them have no idea what it takes to do the job. How can you be a part of the interview process if you don't even remotely understand what it takes to do the job? How can you be? And so what happens is you get all these opinions coming in from outside. As I always say, they've never dedicated a monument to a committee. I mean, go to Washington tomorrow. You ever see a committee monument over there? Of course not. Somebody's got to be able to figure out what's real and what's not. You know, and and if and there's agendas by everyone. And this was, to me, and I love Paul Hackett. I work with him. I feel badly for him. I, it's a shame. But I, I think, to me, this is not Nathaniel's fault. I think Nathaniel was put into a job. He wasn't ready to get in. That's fact.
5: Every industry, you see it all the time. I see people popping up hosting. And I'm like, he that that host isn't. It's not his fault. It's the it's the management that said they think they can do it. I you see it with with quarterbacks. Then they don't give him any coaches. help. Then they don't they give don't give him the help they need. Correct.
4: And then uh, they, they, they don't let this. They don't build a staff. They have too many. People. First of all, he's in a job. He's never had to manage anybody before, and now obviously, he's got to manage the whole organization. You know, and now is and then the first time was when the offense wasn't very good. I mean, one thing about Denver, when they had Williams and they had all these receivers, they were good. But what was going on in training camp? There was no toughness, right? They go to Buffalo. They get key. He didn't play anybody in the preseason. He went to the LaFleur approach. And all of a sudden now, I mean, have you heard one word coming out of there that in the summer that Wilson wasn't very good? The only word you heard about Wilson having to prove himself was on our show and our network because we all know from betting him and watching him play last year, he didn't play good. You didn't hear that from the national media. I mean – you know, the, the, I see it all the time on Twitter, the guy that makes fun of you all the time about, uh, you know, it, people thought they're a Super Bowl winning team for the next three years.
5: The um, professional disappointment, certainly there for Nathaniel Hackett, but let's not cry for him. He's going to get a nice little parachute on his way out of Denver, Colorado, by way of lots of cash, and he will get another OC job, and it'll be fine. But
4: yeah, uh, uh, mean, breaking well, news. Yeah, yeah, I don't Go think, ahead. you know, the one thing I think about the contract they did do they did do is they didn't they gave him a four-year deal they didn't give him a five-year deal and i think it was under the value market too
5: the big news nathaniel hackett and the broncos part ways four and eleven one season not even finished we're back
1: the big take from bloomberg news brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around
2: the world